this is Sherelle Jardine, and this is Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. Make a Scene Canada is a go-to for discovering new artists, as well as a place to hang out with our Canadian icons. I absolutely love, and it's my great pleasure to bring you the songs and stories of our world-class Canadian musicians and introduce you to our industry leaders as well. Megacine Canada is sponsored by Zed Productions. Zed Productions is a full-service production company offering the best studios and services to suit your project and budget. From producing to recording and mixing, contact Sheldon Zaharko at sheldonzaharko.com. There is a lot that goes into running this station and its podcasts, and while we do bring it to you for free, we could use some support to keep running and growing. Any contributions, no matter how small, are appreciated. If you love the show and would like to donate to Make a Scene Canada, go to PacificNorthwestRadio.com and click on the top right where it says Contribute and become a patron of the station and Make a Scene Canada. Click on Become a Patron and then you'll have a few options. You can make a custom pledge and donate whatever you'd like or for as little as a buck a month, you can help us keep the station and Make a Scene Canada rocking. You can also become an official sponsor of any one of our podcasts or online radio station. All details are on the contribute section as well. And you can always get in touch with us. Our email is pacificnorthwestradio at gmail.com. And in the subject line for Magazine Canada or Pacific Northwest Radio or maybe one of our other programs and find them all on pacificnorthwestradio.com. We've just started to dive into the Bitcoin world for the station. If you sign up for your own account, you'll get $10 to invest in various cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, and Bitcoin Cash, just to name a few. It's easy and fun, and why not get into the game? When you sign up and put $100 into your account and buy Bitcoins, you can refer a friend, and when they invest $100, you're going to get $50 to invest. And if you want to learn more about buying cryptocurrency, are you tired of the banking system as we know it? Uh Uh-huh. Have you ever heard about Bitcoin? Huh? Sure you have. Everything about buying it? Uh Uh-huh. But we're afraid and didn't know how? Look no further. Netcoins is a user-friendly Canadian cryptocurrency exchange that aims to make cryptocurrencies less mysterious, intimidating, and complicated for Canadians. Hey, I'm uh, I'm not a lumberjack or a fur trader. I don't live in an igloo or eat blubber or own a dog sled. It lets you buy and sell top crypto assets including Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, XRP, and QCAD. Everybody here at the station is having a lot of fun with it. It's super easy, and if you have a hundred bucks and want to get in on it, click on the Pacific Northwest Radio homepage and click the Netcoins Buy icon. You're going to get ten bucks just for buying in, and when you refer someone, you'll get fifty, and they'll get ten. Let's get rich together. Thanks for listening to Pacific Northwest Radio. Now go get your Bitcoins. If you're looking for past Make a Scene Canada shows, all of the back shows are on Pacific Northwest Radio. Just click on the Make a Scene Canada show icon on the home page, and there you'll find them. 
You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites all waiting for you to discover. Right now, while you're listening to the show, find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Make a Scene Canada. We also have a group page, Make a Scene BC, where you can post your upcoming gigs. Don't forget to give Pacific Northwest Radio a like on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pacific Northwest Radio. Okay, let's have some fun. Hey, Dennis, it's Sherelle from Make a Scene Canada. Oh, hi, Sherelle. How are you today? Good. How are you? Not too bad. What's going on? Awesome. Well, you know, it's raining like crazy here in Vancouver, so it's not Yeah, it's not uh, doing the same thing. Same thing right here in Edmonton, and it's a partial snow, and it doesn't look like winter wants to give up. But it's okay. I'm getting used to looking at the world from my windows. I, I know, right? We're, yeah, what else are we going to do? <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly Crazy. right. Oh, my God. Well, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on Make a Scene Canada today. And I'd like to start by digging into your past, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay, cool. So what inspired you to get into music? You know, uh, somebody asked me that in an interview question the other day uh, to write down, and I've spent the last four days rewriting my answer. Okay. <laughs> I don't really believe that uh, I set out to have a career in music. I set out to be a piano player, because I, I was a piano player, and uh, then the music that I wanted to play came along. The Beatles came along. The music drew me in, and I just kept finding ways to find other people to play music with. And I found ways to, that I found that I was improving all the time, and I didn't want that to quit. So I, I made a sort of a pledge to myself to just keep playing as long as I felt like I was improving year to year. I was just going to be a player. So I set out to be a player. I never set out to be a solo artist. I always I've always written tunes and been involved in in the music right from <laughs> uh, the way it's constructed and uh, uh, dissected it, torn it apart. But uh, as far as uh, setting out to be a career, no, I just uh, always found another band to play in, uh, another bunch of guys that inspired me or that, that were inspired by me, and uh, we always found each other and it just kept going. It was more like it. It wasn't really a pursuit. It was a I was being dragged along by music. It was like a happy accident. <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, it was. And at the time, uh, uh, in the 60s, I mean, music, you aspired to be a musician. It was the pinnacle of uh, of life if you could be a, if you could uh, aspire to be a jazz musician, if you could get that far, that would be an awesome place to be in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, that was always sort of the lure. That was the carrot. It was always in me to, to want to do that. Okay. So, um, you know, thinking about that, then what is your fondest musical memory? Fondest musical memory? Well, I've got so many of them because I'm just, really old. Oh, you are not. <laughs> um, just pick you know, one off uh, the top of your head that really off sticks Off the top out. of my head, uh, some of my fondest memories are, are cruising down the uh, Trans-Canada Highway in the bus with the band, uh, being a family, being a, the feeling like we're on top of the world. Heading from our one gig that was successful to the next gig that we're positive is going to be successful. Uh, successful in terms of people uh, loving what it is we're doing mm-hmm. and us being able to uh, do exactly what it is we want to do, which is what, uh, <laughs> what, what the bands I was in did. Decoy Ride especially was one of those bands that just followed its musical heart. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And people either came along or didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, if you, if you don't want to, you can just... Sit over there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, that was that was one of that was from some of my fondest memories. And playing festivals and uh, uh, seeing uh, all age people 
doing, you know, tumbling around, dancing to your music and just being lost in it is uh, a great experience, wonderful experiences. Nice. That's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you going. Yeah, my husband actually, Mark Gladstone, plays with Prism. He's the keyboard player. Oh, yeah. So, right. um, you know, we've, we've got lots of keyboards and, you know, pianos in our place. So I, I'm i blessed yeah. by hearing, you know, piano music all the time. So um, when I heard yeah, that I was going to talk under. to you, I was really happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got them tucked under the beds here. <laughs> the, the other guys in the band have the old keyboards over at their place, too, so they can write and pick away at notes on the keys. <laughs> nice. Uh, you can never sell them, so you just keep scattering them around to your friends. Exactly. I know. Yeah. You're going to probably be buried in one. <laughs> yeah, likely in one of the cases. <laughs> <laughs> the old road cases, right? Huge. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know it's going to last. <laughs> exactly. Now, you were born in Alberta, I'm assuming. I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, yeah. Okay, cool. I lived in Banff for four years. My family was there for decades. And so oh, um, I guess you've just stayed in the Edmonton area then the whole time? Oh, um, no, no, I've traveled all over. I played with a band in Banff for uh, almost 20 years. I, I went up there every every second week and played with a band called Under Pressure. There was a bunch of guys uh, that ran the hotels up there. and So I was always staying at the Banff Springs Hotel or at the Rimrock Hotel. Nice. And, and these guys were sweet. We played all the conventions, all the town parties, uh, and uh, great gigs in all the ballrooms of the of the. Uh, Banff Springs Hotel. Wow. Uh, every New Year's Eve for ten years, we did in there. Oh my God! I've probably met you then over the years. Oh, likely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> and I ran around with uh, with. Well, I played with Kenny Shields back in the days before Street Heart happened. Oh, okay. uh, we were we had a group called Mud in Saskatchewan. And we were fairly uh, large, about in North Dakota and and uh, around Saskatchewan, we, we'd strayed as far as Manitoba and a little bit of Alberta. <laughs> nice. And then I played with Kenny when Streetheart uh, was up and running, and uh, Daryl had children and couldn't hit the road for close to a decade, so I, I covered a lot of tours there, and then I uh, managed to meet Holly Woods a few years later and ran with Toronto and doing dinosaur gigs. Not the original bands uh, in all these cases, but uh, mm-hmm. just playing the hits, and it was a lot of fun doing the festivals, and yeah. Playing the songs. Oh no! For that sure. everybody seemed to know. Yeah, awesome. You and Al were in the band Takoi Ride. We are both still in the band Takoi Ride, actually, because yeah, it's a band that never dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, our bass player of uh, uh, the original bass player of fifty-four years just passed away two days ago. I saw that. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, yeah, it's a real, it's, it's just still sending shockwaves through our, our little community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he's such a, I'm still trying to sort out uh, the impact he's had in all our lives because he was a thunderous bass player, just murderously good, mm-hmm. and uh, and musical guy, just full of ideas, and uh, one of the hippest guys you ever want to meet. So it's just such a shock to your system, but we've, been, we've lost so many people in the last year or two due to COVID and, and, just, and the COVID restrictions not being able to throw memorials for yes. these musicians. It's, it's been a real trying year. Yeah, no kidding. I know Al and I released our our disc, uh, we did the final mix on the first day of isolation last year. Oh, great. So we had something to, we've had something to think about for the last year. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Oh my God. And I guess um, that band has been together for 50 years with various band members. Yes. That's, yeah. that's a feat well, in well, itself. The core, core of us have been together for 40, over 40 years, yeah. four of us. 
and now there's three of us. Jeez. But I was just looking at a band picture. There's a good shot of, a, of us in the band bus up at Panorama. Up by, we had a nice balloon beside us. It was back, way back in the 80s. And there were nine of us in that shot. And now five of us are gone from that mm. one picture. And right. four to cancer. Oh, mind-blowing. Yeah, no kidding. So sorry once again to hear that sad news. Um, how did you get involved with that band in the beginning? With that band, well, I'd, uh, I'd been playing in Saskatchewan with Kenny Shields in a group called Mud, and uh, when that came to an end, I uh, I was playing with Spider, actually, Spider from Streetheart. We played with a band from Quebec for a short amount of time, uh, and I ended up moving back to Edmonton when all those things split up. Uh, when I got back to Edmonton, my old friend uh, Lindsay Umrush was a drummer uh, playing with Decoy Ride. He knew me, and Steve Boddington, uh, Professor Steve Boddington, he's a uh, famous legendary blues guitarist around Edmonton here. He and I had been in bands as children, so he recommended me to Tokoy Ride. And Tokoy, I'd only ever heard of. I knew they were a career band, and they'd been together about 11 years when I joined them. So they'd gone through all the hassles. They'd been living together and on the road all that time, so they'd been through all those personality crises. That, and they were a total hippie band, so it was, it was my calling. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I fit in like a glove. I don't know what it was, and uh, and uh, we just we just hit a stride after that, and we uh, we became a reggae band for quite a few years. Anyway, uh, Al joined our band uh, many years later <clears throat> after our first singer had decided to pack it in on the road, and Al was the kind of guy that could turn up uh, on stage and and uh, the band would play a song that it had never played before. And Al would create lyrics that had never been sung before, and yeah. there'd be a song that had never been played before. That's awesome. And, and he just kind of, uh, he kind of, how would we say, morphed into the band. This mm-hmm. is the way the band kind of works. People morph in and out of it. Wow. Oh, it sounds like a a wonderful family atmosphere. Well, it's a brotherhood me, right? experience, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Wow. Now, um, you guys had four albums, Jado. Tribal Evolution, um, here's the picture, Pinewood Sessions, and you were on all four by the looks of things when I was kind of creeping, yeah? <laughs> oh, yes, indeed, yeah. yeah. I wrote uh, a lot of the tunes and so on, <laughs> on those records. Well, we all did. We, we were always, always writing together. Uh, we never... We never really liked our own tunes that much, I think. We'd, we'd write them, and then we'd maybe play them once or twice somewhere and get tired of them or bored or forget about them, and they'd fall off the song list, and we'd never think about them again for years later, and then somebody would look at the title on a song list and say, hey, didn't we used to play that? Oh, jeez, and bring it back. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of a scatterbrained band that way. We're, we uh, we wanted to be successful, but nobody wanted to do business to be that successful. So we just decided to keep playing music and, and whatever happened, happened. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I was talking to um, Greg Godovitz from Godo. He was my last yeah. interview. And we were talking about success. And it's basically how you see your own success, right? Like you've, yeah. you've had a successful career. Uh, y- y- oh, yes and no, I guess. Um, you never know when it's happening. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You only realize it's happened after it's not happening anymore. Yeah, and then you're like, wait a <laughs> <You're>, minute. <laughs> when, yeah, when you're in the midst of it, it, it people say, uh, you know, oh, you guys are doing great. And you think, well, no, I'm not doing that great. I'm like, but I got to go. I'm on my way to a photo session. Yeah, <laughs> <And> exactly. <laughs> you're just busy. <laughs> yeah. How did it actually come up to start your own band with Al? What What was that like? Were you guys just well, sitting Takoy, around Well, um, the boys in Takoy kind of uh, spread out over the country 
And uh, so for us to get together now, it is really it was just once a year. People fly in. We we book two or three weeks uh, of local gigs or do whatever if we're going to record. But uh, we we organized it and then everybody would fly in and we'd do our little thing once a year. So Alan and I, that wasn't enough for us, and we wanted to continue writing when everybody moved away. So we did. And once we'd written a, a lack of tunes, we. Uh, we didn't know what to do with them, and we thought, well, these sound, I want to record some of them because they sound so good, but I can't wait for the rest of the band. So mm-hmm. Al and I uh, pooled our, our resources as we could and went into the studio uh, whenever we could afford to and started recording our tunes. We had no intention that I, I, I never imagined that you would be phoning me to talk about this a year later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wanted to get them recorded for the sake of having our, our art recorded, basically. Yeah, right. And uh, it just kept going. We kept investing our money and thinking, well, why don't we release it then as a band? And, I, and I, why don't I use all these players? Because I, I was playing in 14 different bands for the last couple of years. And so I started using some of the people I'd been playing with, uh, some of the great players for locally and bringing them in on the sessions. And before you know it, we had a, we had a band and said some great tunes and, uh, had Miles Wilkinson engineering, which was a real mind blower. Mm-hmm. He'd moved here from Nashville. His girlfriend uh, lived here, his wife lives here. And so he moved up here and uh, this guy is a, just a gold mine of a talent of engineer. His, yeah. Like, Rodney I've, Crowell, I've, Willie Nelson, Billy Cowsell. Just an interview. Yeah. Oh yeah, mind blower. Just to sit there next. I mean, I've sat next to Bob Rock doing his stuff, and and I've sat next to uh, well, some Declan uh, Lodori, some of the great engineers, and 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 uh, Miles is he's one of them. He's one of those guys that just quietly works away and doesn't quit until it's perfect. How did you get connected? Um, well, just through the local scene. Miles uh, moved up here with his girlfriend, and he's a guitar player. So he's, uh, we started playing together in different bands uh, because I'm a freelancer as well. Uh, like I said, I was playing in 14 different bands last year, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So we crossed paths several times uh, in those bands, and then we'd turn up at jams and things and jam together, and, and then Miles would phone me for various sessions he was doing. And so it just uh, evolved over the years. Uh, uh, he he took over, actually, our lead singer was a head engineer at the studio where Miles is engineering now and when Jerry passed away a couple of years ago Miles took over for Jerry's spot in the studio so I'd already been in there recording with Jerry so Miles and I just continued basically ah, okay all right so it's, it's all an evolution mm-hmm. okay so you, as, you well, as you well know through your husband too it's all an mm-hmm. evolution of who you meet and who you meet through life and the yeah. players you connect with or family yeah, exactly. I've been a musician all my life as well. We have, I've had solo project and a project with my daughter and Stone Poets is our, our one with my husband, Mark, and another friend, Scott Jackson. And we also have a rock band head. So yeah, oh, yeah. I've, I've gone the whole gamut of, you know, all that right. stuff too. It's, Are you a singer? I am. Yeah, I'm a singer. I play guitar and mandolin. So oh, okay. yeah. Um, and I, I want to talk about, um, Peter North said about the album, an inspired batch of tunes built on muscular grooves, strong melodic and harmonic structures, intelligent and thoughtful lyrics, tasty top drawer vocal and instrumental performances. That that sums it up pretty nicely. Well, that's beautiful things that Pete said about the material, and it's very flattering to hear that. Gratifying as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I'm also a lyricist, so I really pay attention to the words. Um, the single, Coming Days, find something to light your way because it's going to get harder in the coming days. 
You've absolutely said it. You know, what a year we've had. It's an extremely timely song with everything that's been happening during this pandemic. Uh, you know, what, I agree. what have you been doing during this past year? During the past year, man, I, well, I've been, because I'm old, I'm really worried about, uh, the co- about uh, contacting COVID. Mm-hmm. So I've been isolated. Um, I've been <laughs> contemplating what's going to happen with live music and, and uh, I'm contemplating what's going to happen with my life as well, just because of, of age and COVID and the whole music scene has been disrupted so much that mm-hmm. I don't think uh, live performance is going to be anywhere near what it was before. You're not going to have the shoulder-to-shoulder crowds for a few more years, I don't think. You know, maybe we'll luck out. But, uh, but uh, for me, I don't... Uh, I'd, I'd like to play. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be playing in fourteen bands anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I th- I'd, I'd been reimagining how uh, how the scene would be set up. I've been reimagining outdoor uh, nightclubs, uh, things like that, outdoor stages and uh, mm-hmm. nightclubs on, or uh, tables under canopies, sort of uh, spread out over um, uh, natural amphitheaters. I've been uh, trying to write uh, new tunes, but uh, inspiration comes and goes sporadically in this kind of atmosphere. Um, I'm, I'm being lacking in self-discipline, of course. Uh, wow. <laughs> you don't always focus every day. I've done an awful lot of crossword puzzles. <laughs> That's good. It's good for the brain. Uh, and a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of puzzles, period. <laughs> a thousand piece puzzles on the table all the time. Oh, awesome. And I got books open all over the house. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, stop and read a paragraph or write, stop and write down a lyric every now and then. Al and I uh, communicate by phone, but we can't get together uh, that often, and I can't get together and play with people. Mm-hmm. I, well, I did do a couple of gigs uh, last summer, but it was weird. Because uh, when you're finished, people came up and they were too close and they were drunk, and some of them don't believe in the in the in the uh, virus. Mm-hmm. Or in where <laughs> so it was too weird. I don't think I can go out and gig. They were both outdoor gigs, but at the end of the night, it got weird because the drunk people came close. <laughs> yeah, no, we haven't played since last February, and we had almost, I guess about 25 shows with festivals and everything else lined up. And then, of course, Mark with Prism, they had all those festivals cancel. And so we have not really been out of our place because um, we're both immunocompromised. So we're staying inside. It's it's really lonely. And, you know, it it scares Mm -hmm. me because, like you said, you know, if we had a crystal ball in front of us and we were trying to project the future of the music industry, our industry will be the last to come back out of everything else. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, well. Uh, <clears throat> I hope uh, that uh, the world will take a little time to readjust because of all this, because we've learned a few things. We learned about uh, the pollution dropping by a huge percentage point mm-hmm. over uh, the few months when planes weren't flying suddenly, and so much traffic wasn't driving on the roads. And people don't have to behave the way we always behaved, and we. You know, I think in just not only the music scene everywhere, we could readjust our thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> we've become. So detached. I don't know. I'm getting a little, getting a little political. I think that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, the well, coming days was written during the uh, with uh, the American politics and the situation they were about a year and a half ago uh, or two years ago. That's when we started writing that tune, and it had a lot to do with that. But we we came to realize uh, that the tune uh, really does uh, 
it could be applied to every situation almost every day because things do get harder in the coming days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you write the lyrics on that one or did Al? Oh, no, that's Al. Al's a lyricist. Oh, nice. No, no, I'm a... I'm a coward as far as writing lyrics goes. I, I hate to expose myself that much. <laughs> You're like, I'm not putting that out there. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you just get in trouble. <laughs> Sometimes you can. <laughs> <laughs> you can, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd sooner be honest in my chord progressions and, uh, and melodic <laughs> melodies and writing bridges and whatnot. And let Al, uh, Al scats away to my chord progressions and he comes up with the most wonderful lyrics and phrases. And uh, yeah, I leave it to him to turn a phrase. Well, you know, that's a really good teamwork situation, right? Yes, it sure is. It's hard writing lyrics. I, I've done a little bit of co-writing with other people. And, you know, you, you have your idea of what you want the song to say. And then they're like, no, no, this way. And it ends up <laughs> sometimes not that great. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, I uh, prefer. Well, I've never co-written lyrics. I think lyrics are such a personal, private thing. They have to be delivered by the person who's... I mean, really, they should be delivered by the person who wrote them, because mm-hmm. because they should they come from that place, mm-hmm. and that's the person that should be able to express that place. Yeah, exactly. So let's get sure. back to your album and um, sure. where. What studio did you actually record in? Uh, we went out to uh, Dan Lynn Studios in Sherwood Park, Alberta, which is just outside Edmonton, a little satellite, and. Uh, and Dan Sinisak, Dan and Connie Sinisak, two of the most wonderful people on the planet, uh, own the place. Uh, Dan's a wonderful keyboard player, singer, and I've done a lot of session work out there. Uh, and he has a beautiful uh, studio in an acreage out there, and that's where our uh, our lead singer from Tokoy, Jerry Wolsey, was the uh, house engineer there. And when he passed, then Miles took over as house engineer. But so I, I know the studio really well, and I knew the, the people really well. Mm-hmm. And the, that's the reason we picked that studio. Was, uh, Dan, uh, I'd recorded there before and was very familiar with the equipment and the people and loved the, loved the atmosphere and vibe. And it was the right place to go. Oh, and that's awesome. and also, he has a uh, Bosendorfer <laughs> piano. Oh, which you're kidding me. Yeah, it's like $180,000 yeah. piano that Oscar Peterson had recorded on. Oh, my God. And, and, and Tommy Banks had recorded on it as well, so I was—I really wanted to use that piano on my recordings as yeah. well. So, and Dan has a, a couple of B3s kicking around his studio as well. So, nice. You know, he's got all the gear. <laughs> it's all the toys you walk in. You're like, yes. Oh, absolutely. He's a keyboard player. Yeah. <laughs> Your press release mentions an uncredited female vocalist. Um, who is she? Oh, she is not uncredited. I don't. That, that was. Uh, Anyway, that was a publicist that wrote, wrote, rewrote the article. Right. She is Samantha King, okay. and Samantha King, uh, she locally uh, won the uh, re- the Memphis Blues Challenge to represent Alberta and the Memphis Blues Challenge. But she's much more than that. She is a, an amazing instrument. Uh, when she opens her mouth to sing, if you ask her to do something to sing a line or come up with something, she does it immediately. It comes out of her, and it's golden. It's wow. it's exactly the way it's supposed to be, and it has all the emotion that you'd ever want in it. She's just the perfect singer-singer. She's she's an amazing machine. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Not I, machine. She's a, she's a soulful artist. A soulful and, artist. Uh, I, I, I really was sad to see that article when it said an unnamed vocalist, because she deserves every amount of credit that uh, can be thrown her way. Absolutely. I, I heard her on, on the recording, and I was just like, okay, who is this? And then I looked at the press release, I'm like, oh, she wasn't mentioned. Okay. And tried to dig around to find out who it was. So I'm glad. 
You know? No, no. I think that was just some publicist idea of uh, of not wanting to just uh, take attention away from our project. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> okay, that so really doesn't matter. See, I, I wanted to use the most talented people I could find in Edmonton, or some of the most talented people that I'd worked with. Certainly not all of them, but I, I, all of them are are extremely talented. They're on there, and I uh, I don't have uh, anything bad to say about any of them. Uh, only great things to say about all of them. Yeah. Who else played on the tracks? Let's give a shout out to some of the other guys. Oh, the other, the other guys. The only guy I didn't know on the tracks was uh, Tony D from Monkey Junk. Okay, and that was a that was a surprise track. Uh, we, well, that was a, a track. Uh, I we we had a guitar player booked for it, and uh, he canceled at the last minute. And I wasn't available. And Miles was doing a session somewhere. He ran into Tony D anyway, and he told him about the project and asked him if he'd come in and lay some tracks down. And he said, sure. He went in the next afternoon. And so uh, I didn't know anything about it. And, and when I got to the studio the next day, uh, Miles said, I got a surprise for you. And he played me the track. And I didn't say anything. And I said, well, geez, I'd never heard Percy play slide like that before. Mm. <laughs> and he said, well, it's not Percy. It's Tony, you know, it's Tony D. And so he asked me if he is that okay? He did that because he'd done it behind our backs, kind of. And oh. said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on. <laughs> it was freaking awesome. Tony played some great stuff on there. I still haven't even met him or talked to him. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> well, I did meet him one night, but that was before he played on the project. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a real bonus to have Tony. But uh, the other two guitar players on there, uh, uh, Ralph, Ralph Pratt, I had played with uh, on some house gigs on the riverboat here in Edmonton. And I swore the first night I played with him, if I ever make a record, I'm going to get you to come and play on it. And he plays the sweet guitar solos on Coming Days. Oh, okay. And this time for sure, the ballad. And then the other guy is Percy Marshall, who's a real rocker friend of mine. And I've played with him for 30 years on and off in different rock bands. And he's just a marvelous player. Awesome. Oh, it's, it sounds fantastic. I, I've listened to it quite a few times now and, and really, really love it. So I'm, I'm happy that I can play oh, one of the songs on today's show. That's great. We're going to play Coming Days. Now, I wanted to ask you also, um, how did you come up with the combination of the band name? Uh, like it could have been well, Brad really Brad, first. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, uh, Al and I wrote the tunes. Mm-hmm. We wanted to record them. We wanted a name for the project. I thought it. Sh- I didn't know what it should be. I had all sorts of things. Al liked Manili Brandt. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought it was kind of crazy putting my name on it because I'm. I wrote the tunes and I'm playing the piano. That's that's my part, you know. And then I went home mm-hmm. and let Al do uh, the business and <laughs> and uh, whatever. So that's how the name came to be. That's the only way, the reason it's that way is because Al liked the way it flowed. Mm-hmm. I thought it should have been Brant Manili since he's the vocalist and the, and he's the, you know, he's the attractive young young guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're both attractive young men. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And how can people find you on social media? You know, I can't even find us on social media. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't What's do very much. Uh, to tell you the truth, I am a. I am a, a ludite. Oh, you're so cute. I still have a landline. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I've never had a cell phone. You know, I have a. I have a. I still call it a computer, <laughs> and I use it to to turn the YouTube on so I can find a drum groove to jam with or uh, or a tune if I'm learning a tune for. Uh, that I have to arrange. I can uh, find the tune now on YouTube. (laughs) 
but beyond that, I'm uh, I'm on Facebook only. Uh, I'm not on it. Al's on it with our name on it. But my wife's on it, and I creep and peek every day to you know, to see a few things. But okay, cool. I'm not a social media guy. Uh, I think uh, what was it? Uh, David Suzuki frightened me years ago into. Uh, wanted to be secure my privacy. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I know. So I kind of did that most of my life, you know, and and then suddenly uh, it, it came to be that everybody's life was an open book, and mm. I still have a struggle with that. Yeah. No, it, that is true. I mean, people can find you. It doesn't matter where you are now. And it's funny, on Facebook now they have this thing where it's like, um, do you want your friends to know where you are? So if you're in a concert, somebody can look on the phone and say, oh, Sherelle's here and then kind of exactly. track you down. I'm like, no, I've had a few stalkers in my life. I don't really like that idea. You know? <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't like the idea of anybody knowing where I was. I and mean, when I was a kid, my parents would open the door and I'd go out it and, and, you know, they'd be happy if I came back, you know, two they'd or three in the morning and was there in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't want to know where I was. I didn't want them to know. <laughs> Such a different but we, world. we survived and I managed and I think that, I think that was the way things should be. I I can't understand. I don't have children myself, so but I've watched uh, my 16 nieces and nephews be tracked their entire lives on their telephones. Mm-hmm. And thought I, I don't I wouldn't have been able to stand that as a kid. Yeah, no kidding. I guess it's just a different way to live. Like people, yeah, you know, they is. grow they grow up like that, so they're like, oh, this is normal, you know. And until yeah. until they could go back in time and see that, you know, we never used to wear helmets when we were driving our bikes or. <laughs> Just like you said, you'd go out the door and your mom would be like, yeah, I'll be back for dinner. And if you weren't, they weren't worried about you. You'd just come back later, you know. Yeah, yeah, you always came home. And if you didn't, then they'd phone the police. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But generally, it was the police coming to our house. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I wasn't that bad. (laughs) A few visits, but... So your website is manilibrant.com and people yes, can is. head there and they can find your social media links that way. So. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Al's got it all listed on there. I, I, there's Instagram, which I still don't understand what that is. I I turned to it and Al said, you, you can add some stuff to Instagram if you want. So I looked at it and I thought, well, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> what could I add to that? <laughs> <laughs> Just pictures. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Pictures, well, yeah, again, it's a, it's the privacy thing. Mm-hmm. Most of my pictures are pictures of me with somebody else, and I don't know if those people want to be putting their pictures out there. Exactly. Yeah, you have to draw the line, right? But um, anyways, I want to thank you so much for being on Make a Scene Canada. Um, We are going to play, as I I promised, Coming Days from Neely Brandt. And, you. you know, good luck. And I hope that everything, you know, works out for all of us and that we can get back out and start playing again and, and people can come to your shows and listen to your wonderful EP. Well, I hope so, too. I hope we can be in the same room making music together someday yeah. and, uh, and exchange some ideas that way. Sounds and, good. Uh, thanks very much for uh, talking to us and, and thanks for playing our, our music. Yeah, no uh, like I said a year ago, we had no idea that we would even, uh, that anybody would even hear this. We were just recording it to have it, a record of songs we'd written. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just decided to pursue it and see if anybody was interested. And I'm sure glad you are. Thank you. Awesome.
now feels like we'll move to the dead of night People walking by with still nothing in their eyes Like a coat swooning through the crowd You hear the sound on the street and it's way too loud Feels hopeless and you pick up on all this rage Lined in, closed out, turn another page They're pushing high for you to come along Story's good but you know it's wrong Find something to light your way In the dark of the night Everything feels so strange People on the edge Too many souls riding No standing on a ledge When hope leaves Doors closed No one cares about What you need Tell the poor They should shut your mouth You can see them Crawling up and out From the holes They got your money And they want your soul Plant seeds In the name of God Beat you down With a staff and rod Find something to light your way
Thanks again to Dennis for being on the show today. Please head over to their website, manilibrant.com, to download their new EP, Coming Days. Find their social media links, and then you can keep up with everything that's happening with the band. And that's the show. I'm always so grateful to share our Canadian artists and their music with you, as well as our industry movers and shakers stories. Leave Pacific Northwest Radio on 24-7. It's music online all the time. You can find all my past shows on demand. Click the Make a Scene Canada icon on the homepage of Pacific Northwest Radio. As well, you can find Make a Scene Canada on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, plus a whole array of sites that you can subscribe to. It's all waiting for you to discover. Big shout out to my Make a Scene Canada sponsor, Sheldon Zaharko from Zed Productions. All you rock stars ready to record your new album or single, check out Zed Productions at sheldonzaharko.com. The music that you're listening to right now is from my band Stone Poets, recorded with Sheldon, and you can hear more at stonepoets.ca or listen to my rock side head at headmusic.ca and you can find me and all my projects at shereljardine.ca. And please get in touch because I love hearing from you. Now take a few minutes out of your day and share our Canadian artists, make a scene Canada and Pacific Northwest Radio on social media. Okay, signing off now. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, let's make a scene, Canada. Too close to the sun. Feels better if you just start falling. The air is calling you to run away. Run away. Better just to run away. Like someone's holding a gun. Better just to run away. There's always somewhere to run. the truth Time is slowly ticking Feels better if it just start falling The air is calling